Don't check <laughs>
this year on the roster. And I really like Steven Carlson. He's been here for a couple of years. I believe the front office likes him as well. He, I mean, like I said, he has been here through some transitions that the team has had. So they liked him. I do believe he was fighting for a roster spot though. So what the Browns do from this will be interesting. Could they put him on IR and would they be able like to keep him that way? Or will they just end up cutting him? I, I mean, that's the question that we have to ask, but it will be a loss. He's been, um, a pretty good player when he has been on the field. So, and, but, and again, the Browns love tight ends. So it always almost makes you wonder if they might go out and sign a tight end to try tight end to get a look at another one as well in the preseason. Yeah. Like you said, uh, Carlson's been with the team for, he's played 25 games with the Browns. He's never had a larger role, but he's been depth and he's a, a blocking tight end. He's not going to get the ball much. I think in 25 games, he has like 66, 66 yards or something. I just read a bit ago. Um, certainly not a big loss. I don't believe it's going to be felt. Um, it makes the roster cuts interesting coming up. Mm-hmm. I believe uh, you can get creative if you want to keep an extra running back now or another receiver, you have that option. Even uh, Andy Janovich, I don't think he was a lock to make the team, honestly, with the running backs around the team. But it makes keeping him makes more sense now with his blocking ability. Um, has a little bit of the same role that Carlson has. And um, he's a route that the team could go. Yeah, completely agree with that. And I'm really curious to see, like you said, with the roster, and we're we're going to get into this more, is what are they going to do on offense? Because that running back battle or really just another offensive position battle is just going to get really intense between Demetrius Felton, Dearness Johnson. You're going to have a, quite a battle there, especially between those two and on the offensive line about how many offensive linemen they want to keep too. So this injury, it's really unfortunate for Steven Carlson. He's uh, definitely been a contributor when he has played for the Browns. But like you said, Brandon, I don't see it being necessarily a huge loss. Mm -hmm. It just might mean that the Browns want to bring another tight end to get a look at in the preseason. Yeah, yeah, I agree with both of you guys. I do think it's it, – it, I do feel really bad for Steven Carlson because I think he's – you know, he's earned that spot to kind of really compete and kind of lead the way for that fourth spot. You know, I mean, he's been good for us when he's been there. And like you know, Brandon said, we don't use him much in the passing game. We've got, what, three guys ahead of him that are a little bit better at pass catching, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, Tyler, like you said, the Browns love tight ends. You know, there, so there's a real possibility we're going to roll in the season with all four of them. So I think it's interesting to look at, do they bring in somebody else or they just kind of content with what they've got? You know, it's interesting. You know, it is really interesting. We could talk about Felton a little more here pretty soon, but obviously we've only got one preseason game down, but I think it's to be interesting. It's, it's fun to watch the Browns and know that we've got plenty of options and you're not kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel anymore. Right. For Mm -hmm. guys to round out your (laughs) roster. It's, It's a good problem to have unfortunately in a way that you're sitting you're thinking okay we're gonna cut some people and we're gonna lose some good players that'll go play elsewhere and not cut some guys that'll never play again you know mm-hmm. so uh, two tight ends to watch here could be uh jordan franks and connor davis they both played last night i think franks had a couple of catches davis had one uh franks was actually open on a fade and he was not sure if case keenum didn't see him or whatnot but uh I mean, he gets open and big frame. Connor Davis is a big guy, too. Uh, those are two that will compete for a fourth spot now, and their chances of making a team are obviously a lot better now. Yeah, and Con- like you said, dude, Connor Davis, I mean, he's 6'8", 276 pounds. 
I mean, I mean that dude, that dude's a tight end. I mean, that would be an amazing red zone target. He's even a guy who I could see possibly on the practice squad. I mean, just having that type type of tight end body. I mean, that would be a huge benefit to the team in the red zone. You can get really creative with him in the red zone. So, yeah, I would agree with you. I think Connor Davis is a guy to watch, and he definitely has more of an opportunity from him, especially being only 26 years years old too. Yeah, I agree. Uh, keeping Connor Davis on the practice squad, if he does not make the team, would be best-case scenario. I'm not sure if another team would try to grab him or not. That size is obviously intriguing. It's hard to come by, and he could be some kind of threat with that size. And It'd be interesting to see how the tight end position shakes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about that for sure. Yeah, well, you know, aside from, you know, Stephen Carlson, uh, again, I think you guys probably watched more of it than I did, but what do we, what do we think about the overall, you know, again, it's just the preseason game and obviously the Jaguars had a lot kind of going, you know, into it too with, you know, Trevor Lawrence and everything, who I think kind of did okay. Um, he obviously struggled at the beginning and kind of, you know, really didn't look so hot, but he ended up kind of rebounding a little bit, but from the balance perspective, what's, you know, what is our biggest takeaway from that first uh, preseason game? For me, the biggest takeaway is I think we might have our future future backup quarterback. Kyle Aletta looked pretty good. And, I know, again, it's preseason. You never want to put too much stock into all this. Yeah. But with Case Keenum's contract, it's a little unfavorable for the team after this season. They could mm-hmm. cut him and save some money there. Kyle Aletta looked pretty good. If he continues to look this way in the preseason, I believe that he is the future backup quarterback here. And not to mention, guys, a guy who really – we just signed him, I believe it was maybe just two weeks ago, Davian Davis, played really well last night. Mm-hmm. And he was a guy who was all over the field. And I'd love to see him on the practice squad. I don't know if you can be able to keep him on the practice squad mm-hmm. if he keeps playing this way in the preseason. Unfortunately, I don't think he would make the final roster just because this wide receiver uh, depth chart is absolutely crazy right now. Yeah. So, but that's so on the offense. That was the takeaway for me. And then on the defense, all I really have to say is JFK. I, I mean, <laughs> this guy was absolutely all over the field. Eight total tackles, one sack, three tackles for loss, and just a hit where I haven't seen a Browns linebacker safety what hybrid whatever you want to call this guy. I've not haven't really seen a Browns player consistently make hits like I saw from him last night. Again, it's the preseason. But tell me, guys, when have we had a player on this roster that could do exactly what Jeremiah Wusukoromoa brings to this defense? I mean, yeah, it's been ex- amazing. <laughs> you're exactly right about JOK. Um, it's just he played free. He had COVID a couple weeks ago. I didn't know what to expect with him coming in, but he just he went out there and balled. That, uh, that sack, you seen him shooting the gap immediately, and uh, Minshew tried to get away from him, but there's no getting away from that. That speed that uh, – JOK brings to the defense. It's going to be coveted, and it's uh, something the Browns are really going to like to use a lot. He's going to do a lot of different things. As we've seen last night, he can do a little bit of everything, come up and hit the running back. He's going to drop in coverage at times. He's going to do a little bit of everything. But like you said about Kyle Aletta, I thought I thought he played free. free. Uh, he really he was really uh, composed behind the line, like <clears> – <throat> I think it was like 16 for 21 or so, something like that last time I seen it. Mm-hmm. And uh, he played free. He hit some guys, made some big passes. That uh, throw to Davis there in the end zone was a great grab by Davis. It was a contested catch. Uh, he mossed them. That's what you like to see from the 
backup guys that have to make plays to make the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ex- exactly. And I think what last night told us too, that battle for that third wide receiver spot right there between Donovan Peoples-Jones and Rashard Higgins, that's going to be quite a battle. And again, I said this on Twitter, it involved a lot of conversation, which I really was interested to see Browns fans thoughts on this. I think if Donovan Peoples-Jones keeps performing the way he does in training camp, as he does in the preseason, the Browns possibly could look to move Rashard Higgins. And here's why he's on a cheap one-year contract. Donovan Peoples-Jones, Kadero Hodge, they play special teams. Anthony Schwartz, they want to get him a look at special teams too. And um, Demetric Felton plays special teams. Richard Higgins does not play special teams. That right yeah. there puts him at a, at a disadvantage in my book because he's a great target for Baker Mayfield, and they have great chemistry together. But Baker's building that chemistry right now with DPJ. And you're still going to have Jarvis. You're still going to have OBJ. I mean, you're still going to have those guys there. Higgins is a guy who I feel like he just seems like right now kind of the odd man out. And I noticed this too, when DPJ is out of the game way earlier than Higgins. I mean, Higgins was deep into the game playing. And normally that's a guy who you would take out a little bit earlier than that. And so I think that's a little bit telling to us too. They wanted, they saw DPJ for a little bit, then they wanted to get him out of there. They needed to see more of Rashard Higgins. And I mean, he did have one catch, which was nice, but I think Higgins has to impress in this preseason or he could possibly be on the trading block. Again, that's a controversial opinion, but <laughs> it is something to consider, guys, because yeah. DPJ has come out of nowhere this offseason. Yeah, no, that's, that is that is a hot take. I respect it, though. I, you know, I respect it. I think you bring out some good things about it, though. You know, Obviously, he did play, what, about a quarter or so more than mm-hmm. DPJ. Um, and obviously, like you mentioned, the chemistry between him and Baker is there, and that's always kind of been a thing. And then, you know, he kind of wound up in the doghouse a little bit when Kitchens was there and all that kind of extra stuff behind the scenes, right? Who he kind of looked like mm-hmm. he fell off, but he really necessarily didn't, you know? Um, but DPJ has been kind of bonkers this offseason. It's, it's been awesome to watch that, you know, from a, a six-round pick, you know, who mm-hmm. that draft was a little bit odd where we saw a lot of guys kind of slip a little bit more than they probably should have, right? You know, and he's probably one of those guys just due to obviously everything that was hard about scouting guys in 2020. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this is almost kind of what could have been expected of him in a normal year, quote unquote, but makes it surprising from a six round pick, if that makes sense, you know, that yeah. it is a, a, it was a low risk pick and kind of a high reward thing. And the reward seems to be paying off with him. And obviously with Higgins, what this is, he just signed a one-year deal again. Right. So yeah. Again, you'd have to pay him after this year. And the Browns are already in a weird spot with receivers where you're paying OBJ and you're paying Landry. If we're all being honest, you're really overpaying Landry, right? Uh, you're paying him wide receiver one money and he's really not, but we had to pay him that back when we got him because that's when the Browns had to overpay guys to keep him, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so they've already got a lot to figure out there, whether it's restructuring him or, getting rid of them i personally would like to see them restructure him and kind of try to keep both him and obj but that really depends you know Mm -hmm. um so it's awesome to see dpj kind of growing and it would be weird to lose higgins but at the same time how often are we going to be playing four receivers right and Mm -hmm. you know you've got the three tight ends the top three guys there that they really enjoy um and you probably use a lot in stefanski's offense specifically and then with DPJ and Higgins are two different receivers, two different types of receivers. So you can kind of interchange them that way. 
rather than obviously have all four on the field. But that'll be interesting to watch. I, I, I think it would be surprising at first for a lot of Browns fans if they got rid of Higgins just because of that connection that he has really kind of embraced Cleveland in a lot of ways, which mm-hmm. – you know, for, for a while, that was kind of the bar for Cleveland fans, right? It was like, okay, we drafted a guy who wants to be here because we sucked for 20-some years, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but now people want to be here, so we have to raise the bar. It's not just, okay, do you show up and are you happy? It's how can we actually use you, right? Like, are you going to be better than the guy behind you, you know? And so I think that's this is kind of the first taste in the first offseason where we're really going to see probably some surprising moves, and that could be one of them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the thing about that contract. It's such a cheap deal. What team wouldn't want a guy like Richard Higgins on a one-year contract that cheap, especially with the injuries that unfortunately we will see in the preseason. And again, I think too, I was telling one of my friends this last night, I think Demetric Felton, he was lining up at slot a lot. They didn't even put him really in the backfield. He was lining up at slot a lot. He's going to be going back between running back and receiver if Demetric Felton can really play that well as a slot wide receiver, again, that's another, that it kind of takes away what Higgins does. So, and they, I mean, I know it's only a six round pick in Felton, but I believe they really like him. And the only reason Demetric Felton fell as far as he did in the draft is just because he didn't test well. When you watch the guy on film, I mean, he's a very explosive athlete and he did everything for UCLA. So I think that's a guy the Browns really like. And I think, and I tweeted this too, you would take OBJ, Jarvis Landry, DPJ, Kaderil Hodge, Anthony Schwartz, and Felton. And then that would allow you probably to keep um, Dearness Johnson as well. And with this injury to Steven Carlson, that's something I could definitely see happening. So, yeah, DPJ is an interesting prospect out of high school. Um, five-star talent. Urban Meyer recurred the hell out of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, just didn't get him. That quarterback play at Michigan did him no favors. <laughs> uh, I don't believe the coaching did either. But he was always a prospect. I believe that will gradually improve year over year. He does some things better than Higgins and is a better athlete, I believe. Higgins has always been kind of a security blanket for Mayfield and uh, that chemistry is something he has working in his back pocket and something they may want to keep him around for, but I totally get the point of him not making a team. You, you know what he is. I don't think he's going to get any better. He's not fast. He's close to his ceiling. Um, the wide receiver room you mentioned is there's some athletes in that. And I think that would be the ideal fit for Cleveland. Um, I tweeted this out last night and put in an article, actually. I believe Felton is, he's a solidified as a receiver at this point. He mm-hmm. was a receiver his first three years at UCLA and he played running back one year. He played pretty well with them, but uh, I think he's worked with receivers mostly. And last night he showed he could be a receiver. Um, Kind of that Jarvis Landry rule, actually. He was making plays when needed. Uh, he has some tough catches in traffic and running after the ball, and he was physical. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a huge fan of Demetric Felton, and, and like you said, I kind of agree with you. He seems to be solidifying himself as a wide receiver. I do think, though, the Browns are going to move him all around, and he's going to be that Swiss Army Knight knife type of player for us where we're going to be able to put him all over the field and just try and create mismatches um, for the defense there so uh, again I'm a huge Demetric Felton fan I think that Andrew Barry uh, I mean since he's taken over the Browns it's hard to really argue against the draft pick he's had 
that, uh-huh. that's been bad. Yeah. You, you could possibly, we have to see Grant Delpit because he's still mm-hmm. ha- having some injury issues just overall. That's but, a tough one. Yeah. But his later round picks, I mean, if DPJ becomes what we believe he can become and what you possibly have here in Demetrius Felton, those are home run late round picks. Absolutely I mean, steals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And agreeing with you on DPJ. He was really good athlete. I believe he was like, I mean, one of the top 20 recruits in the country and went to Michigan and it was just quarterback play there. Yeah. I mean, he, you can see, you can see all the skills he has and I'm just glad that uh, he ended up falling to us in the sixth round when no one thought, I mean, even I'm sure Andrew Barry thought he'd be there. Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely. Yeah. He's, he was a great, he's a great, always had the talent. Right. And like you both mentioned, it was just the quarterback play at Michigan, which has played some good receivers there. Right. You know, they, mm-hmm. the talent at Michigan, obviously not to divvy into the Ohio state conversation, but <laughs> the talent between Ohio state and Michigan, honestly, you know, it's there, but it's not as big of a gap as it probably looks, you know, mm-hmm. um, just pure talent wise, at least obviously coaching plays a large role in that. And DPJ, I think is kind of a victim of that. Um, so which is great for the Browns in this case, you know, um, and you both kind of brought up something interesting about Felton and that they didn't really use him as a running back. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I don't know if they're ever going to, but they use him as one and the Jaguars treated him like a receiver you know, and we're putting cornerbacks on him. Right. So he had, you know, four catches and what, 40, 40, 50 yards and, you know, that half and everything. So I think eventually they'll kind of put him in the backfield for fun. I would think, I mean, that just kind of gets you some fun matchup opportunities. Right. Cause you obviously, if you got him in the backfield, but you can't really put a cornerback on him. Right. So yeah. if you put someone, <laughs> this could be a fun segue. If you put someone like Joe Schobert on him, then he's just going to blow past Schobert and it's not even going to be close. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And that's what I love about a guy like Demetric Felton. And with the position he plays, you keep the Ernest Johnson. Kareem Hunt has, has a contract here um, after this year for another season, I believe. So Possibly when it becomes difficult to pay both Chubb and Hunt, you have a guy like Felton who can move all around and you have a young player like Dearness Johnson who, when given opportunities, has been a solid contributor for the Browns. Yeah, absolutely. That's 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 the fun thing, man. It's 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 it'll be so good. It's just fun. You know, it's a fun time to be watching this and be watching the preseason and watching the Browns in general, right? Because I think. Kareem Hunt, like I mean, he does have another year on him, so they they've got that going on. And him and Hunt, or, or sorry, him and Chubb are just a kind of they are the best duo in the league. You know, I mean, they are, and mm-hmm. that's just kind of the truth behind it. You know, so but obviously that comes with the price you pay, and when you do have to start paying Baker and Denzel and you know all these other guys that you're going to have to pay, and you've got Felton back there, even if you know he's obviously not, he'll be. A step down from hunt right you know unless he yeah. somehow blossoms into that but even if he's a step below hunt that's still if he can kind of keep developing with you know this year and obviously another offseason next year that may be a thing to look at you know because mm-hmm. you're gonna need some you're just gonna need money i mean we have a, a salary cap for a reason unfortunately you know we can't turn it off like it's madden though that would be awesome if you could but oh, you can't yeah. <laughs> so you've got some tough choices like that that andrew barry will have to make and you mentioned that it's, you know, tough, tough to kind of judge some of his picks. It's tough to judge really his choices with how we hand those contracts, in my opinion, you know, mm-hmm. um, which is, which is fun. It's great. Cause you know, I think I was, 
it was awesome when he, I mean Brandon will know this, but when we kind of gave him GM, I was excited, but I was also like, uh, you know, it's it was just an interesting choice, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, you can't you can't really look at anything he's done so far and be like that was bad, you know. Even if Del Pitt kind of ends up being tough or a bust, however you want to look at it because of injury, I don't think you could blame him for that, right? I don't I don't think you can blame GMs for stuff like that. So it'll be interesting to see how he does it, how he manages the cap, and then that's just to be some tough choices coming up this year. And then obviously next year too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Especially Felton. in that wide receiver room. Yeah. Felton and uh, people's Jones fare way, fare out way better than their draft selection. Uh, people have talked about that for years, the scouting the Browns did and the pick that Andrew Barry made. And if those work out for the team, it's going to save them a lot of money because those guys aren't heavily paid. And there's guys ahead of them at each position that make more money and they could eventually step into those roles and save the team some money to, place elsewhere well i mentioned uh you know joe schober earlier which is with him kind of the 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 funness of him coming you know covering felton or everything like that and obviously that's a fun conversation in general just because he's now at the steelers right and they you know they kind of traded him for what a sixth round pick that you know they got got him for kind of nothing so pretty much yeah how do we feel about that how do we feel about joe schober on the steelers now it's weird (laughs) <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be really weird seeing him in that jersey yeah. and at the same time I mean obviously best of luck to Joe except mm-hmm. when we're playing against him but at the same time I don't really think it makes Pittsburgh's defense that much better Schobert really wasn't that great in Jacksonville and mm-hmm. they wanted to get rid of him because that contract isn't nice I mean they're still they're still painting, I believe, for this year. And then after next year, the Pittsburgh takes it on. But that's the thing about it. I mean, he wasn't anything that was, like, spectacular. And I remember when it happened at, at the time, Browns fans were not happy, kind of, that we let him go. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the money that he ended up getting, that just wasn't – I mean, why would we give him that much money? It just d- yeah. didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. For how we use linebackers, right? I mean, and, and you know, for how we use linebackers and what we were going to have to pay him and the fact that he's not very fast, right? Like, he did it yeah. – he didn't fit what we were doing at the time. And then, obviously, in Jacksonville with – we know how they are looking and how Urban likes to play. His just teams in general, obviously, not offense, but how he likes his entire team set up. He, he wasn't, he's not, he wasn't what they were going to want. You know, he wasn't, mm-hmm. he didn't fit what they were trying to do either. And his, like you said, his contract is a little high for what he was producing in Jacksonville, you know, and he was good for the Browns probably. I mean, this, I don't know. I would have to go back and watch some of those and everything, but looking back at just, just remembering how those years were, he was probably really good with stats just out of necessity. Cause we had nobody else. If mm-hmm. that makes sense. Like he racked up tackles but was his play really matching up to those, you know, was it really just kind of padding stats because our just teams in general weren't that good, you know, mm-hmm. or like if, if we had him now, where would he be on the depth chart? I guess is how I would look at it and say, was it bad to let him go? Yeah. yeah I think that's the question to ask. Yeah. I think you hit it right on the, right on the head there. I think the amount that he was traded for really shows what the league values him as. You see teams like Kansas city, Buffalo and such, they, just have athletes all over the field and Schobert's just not a guy you went on the field then he's had some good luck dropping in coverage and stuff in the past but he's not gonna run with these guys and Pittsburgh getting him it's it's weird it's gonna be weird to see I quite frankly don't like it it's gonna be something though 
it's just not a guy that Cleveland in the past, I mean, that they would pay now. Like Logan said, in the past, he was a, uh, he put up numbers and stuff, but it was a matter of who else was going to do it. They didn't really have the players they have now. And he stood out for that reason. <laughs> yeah. And I think that just overall with Schober, I mean, he did contribute a lot. I think he was our top tackler maybe every year he was here. But like you said, with the athletes we have on this defense now, would he really be the like? Would he really be that top tackler? And if he's not, what is he really bringing to the off? What is he? Wow, what is he bringing to the defense that is really <laughs> start taking- playing offense for us? Because he won't be doing much <laughs> on defense. I don't think. <laughs> what is what is it though? Like, I mean, if he was on this defense now, would he be starting over Anthony Walker? Would he be starting over JOK? I mean, probably not. Like, how? Yeah, exactly. And I think. Again, he contributed a lot for this team when he was here, and truly, I mean, he was a good player for the Browns. But it just makes you wonder, with the guys we have here now, how much would he play? And so I think overall letting him go, it truly was the right decision, even though at the time, Browns fans are sentimental about guys that really embrace the city and are just big time in the community, guys. And that's understandable. But at the end of yeah. the day, football decisions decisions have to be made, and he was one of them. So definitely wish him the best of luck in Pittsburgh. It's just not ever when he plays against us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree. I think he was great for us. And so I, I don't want to seem like we're talking ill on because I don't, I don't feel anything bad from he went and chased his money, which he had every right to do and he should have, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just, you know, it, it hurt for that year because obviously we saw our linebackers last year were kind of not so hot, right? Um, but again, would, would he have really made that big of a difference last year? Because the issue with our linebackers was that they were kind of slow you know, and they were getting exposed by, you know, Titans, everyone coming out of the backfield. And he was even, you know, off the top of my head, that happened to him too. It's mm-hmm. just that he could tackle guys better than our linebackers could last year, you know? Um, so he kind of was basically our, you know, Sandejo at linebacker and <laughs> he could tackle guys, but he would get exposed <laughs> a lot, you know, just, just cause of, you know, kind of how he played. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be weird watching him in a Steelers uniform but I'm not too bummed about it or not too worried about, like you said, I don't think he makes their defense that much scared. I'm simply not scared of Pittsburgh anymore. Um, and I know Brandon isn't either. So I don't know many <laughs> Browns fans that are, they're just, they're not, especially after the playoffs. And I know they're going to, you know, it's fun watching Steelers fans on Twitter go, Oh, one game. It's like, yeah, but we're not talking about the past anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, we're talking about how we are currently and how our teams currently are. And I'm not scared of them pre Schobert or post Schobert. So, yeah, mm-hmm. Schober, um, I think many fans were attached to him, obviously, as Tyler mentioned, the attachment, how he had to the city. Like, he had a fa- he started a family here from a walk-on at Wisconsin. And um, the linebacker play was terrible last year, and I think that's what really made a lot of fans hate seeing Schober go. But I th- believe this year, I believe some linebackers are going to step up, and it'll be a thing of the past, Schober. He really won't be thought of anymore. Yeah, and I, I think, too, when it comes down to Joe Schobert going to the Steelers, in a way, you kind of have to feel bad for him because he's going to the worst team in the division. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Tyler, you, you mentioned someone that I think, obviously, we mentioned JOK a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a good time to kind of bring him up from, you know, everything that he did yesterday. Um, but that's 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 a guy um, that I think, kind of like Brandon mentioned, we'll, we'll see some people forget a little bit about Joe Schobert and everybody um, just because of, um, again, it's hard to put everything into one preseason game. So I don't want to do that because we were talking 
Brian and I were talking the other day, or just yesterday, we were talking about Justin Fields and his preseason game. It's like, you know, you got to pump the brakes a little bit um, mm-hmm. on some of these things. But, and we talked a little bit about him earlier and kind of how he was playing and he was going bouncing around the field. And you want to see that from guys in the preseason and him playing hard at the end. You know, Tyler, you tweeted out that video of him kind of making that huge hit at the end or there at that game. Um, so that's stuff you want to see, but his, his arrival yesterday, I think was pretty interesting. You know, it was good to see. It's fun to see. And obviously we were all kind of wanting to see how he was going to play after, you know, being out for a little bit. So mm-hmm. that, that could be a really a great pick for us. And he could do a lot of things on that defense. So what do we, uh, what do we all kind of see from him moving forward? Yeah, I think with JOK, what I loved about him at Notre Dame, and I was telling people all the time he is not going to play just linebacker that might be where it looks like he's out on the field he is a hybrid player they will put him at linebacker they will put him at safety you saw him even line up on the line at times they're going to use JOK all over the field Joe Woods has a guy he can put anywhere on that field with a guy like JOK you don't want to turn this into an Isaiah Simmons situation like the Cardinals did last year what they did was they tried to put him and pigeonhole him in one certain position you don't want to do that with JOK. Let him, let him roam, let him move along the line, let him move, like let him cover receivers in the slot, which he can do. And he showed that last night too. This is a guy who truly can do pretty much whatever you ask him to do on defense. And if the Browns continue to let him play his game, he's going to reward the team, but you don't want to put him directly in one position. And Mm -hmm. fans are like, well, they're put. They're practicing him at linebacker. Okay, they're they're gonna say that. <laughs> they're going to say that, and JOK is gonna say he's a mm-hmm. linebacker. The numbers at Notre Dame show differently. He's played all around the field, and they're going to use him as such. I think that's why that battle at linebacker is an interesting situation, but also possibly at safety too, because you can line up JOK in like a safety type of position. He just makes everything on this defense. He causes so much more problems for the offense. And truly, again, it's preseason. But when – and he's playing against backups last night for the most part because they wanted just to get him back in the flow of things. Sure. But you saw a guy who there are not a lot of players in the NFL that have that kind of talent to where you can put them anywhere on the field on defense and they can make plays from anywhere. And really, that it's a preseason game and they're going all out, still trying to make plays – in the fourth quarter when they're winning a game against third stringers. I, I mean, yeah. I love that about JOK. I love the type of mentality he has of this team. And I'm really excited that he is in a Browns uniform. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's, that's a good point because he could – I mean, his spot on the roster is pretty safe, right? He could have really went out there and not really forced that air. He could have went out there and kind mm-hmm. of just lounged around a little bit and everyone be like, oh, okay, well, you know, he's just coming back, so that's fine. Like, we understand. and But he didn't, you know, mm-hmm. and – it's, it's great because, you know, I remember watching the draft with Brandon and some of our friends and we were like, okay, we were hoping we got him with our first pick, right? Like we were, he could have been that pick 26 overall, you know, he was in that conversation and then he fell to us, what, 16 picks later. So, and you mentioned Isaiah Simmons. That's an interesting comparison because of their roles and what they do. So I do think they'll use him a little bit better than the Cardinals will, because also mm-hmm. I don't really think the Cardinals needed him personally. Like, I, I mean, I, you know, it, it would obviously was tough to pass up on him at that point where, where they were drafting and everything, but I think we need him more than the Cardinals needed Isaiah Simmons. So I think we'll be Joe, Woods will be smarter with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be really fun. Again, it, it's fun to now have guys on this defense. Cause I'll be honest last year, it, it was just bad last year. 
I mean, there's no other way to put that when Chad Henney is beating you in order to clinch a spot in the FC championship game. But you got, you now have a ton of athletes on this defense that are going to make a huge difference. And you can see this is possibly a top 10 unit, unit this year. And it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. JLK. I mean, he's an interesting pick. He's, he's going to be a Swiss army knife in this defense. I believe he's going to do a little bit of everything. He's not going to rack up the tackles or anything like that to be a defensive rookie of the year or anything. But he's, he's going to get after the quarterback. He's going to drop in coverage. He's going to chase down running backs. And I believe that's kind of what the NFL is trending towards. You have, like I mentioned before, Kansas City and Buffalo. Those are teams, even the Ravens. Those are teams you need players like that. you got to cover the tight end. you got to cover the running quarterback. And I believe uh, JOK just fits what the NFL is heading towards, and the Browns are a step ahead for that reason. Yeah, he's he's a lot of fun. He's he's a, he's a great pick for us, I think, and it'll be really interesting just to see. Because I do agree with Brandon that he's not going to be racking up a lot of crazy kind of stats. And mm-hmm. I don't think they expect that out of him. I don't think they want that out of him. I really don't think there's going to be a single player on our defense racking up a lot of stats outside of Miles Garrett and Sacks. Like I don't, Agreed. I don't think we're going to see some in our defense pushing 120, 100 some tackles, right? Like I, I, as I personally don't see it. I mean. It would be great to see, I guess, if it happened. But I think how our defense is set up, obviously guys that usually get 100-plus tackles are what, linebackers? And linebackers in our offense aren't the most important position. Or sorry, in our defense aren't the most important position, right? So by nature, you're probably not going to see somebody stand out quite like that. Um, But he's going to be a lot of fun. I I think it'll be great to see them kind of – use him a little bit more. I think obviously his role will increase throughout the season, much like it normally does for rookies. Right. Mm -hmm. But if he comes out of the gate strong and then, you know, he kind of starts really playing well, you've got no choice, but to play him more. And I think they'd be happy with that either way, but I think they're, you know, they're content with our defense and Tyler, you mentioned it could be a top 10 kind of unit here, which I think I agree with, you know, obviously right off the bat, we improved our linebackers with JOK and, Anthony Walker, and then you improved safety a lot with John Johnson, which is a huge brand. I talked about that a little bit last week. That was a huge signing for us, yeah. you know, so right off the bat, our defense looks miles better, you know, which will be good. It's, it's going to be a great time. I'm excited for these next couple games here. And that for that first regular season game against the chiefs can't come soon enough for me. Yep. Completely agree, man. I, I'm ready for week one. I, I think we all are. And with not having a preseason last year, it's great to have football back. But what we want, we want regular season football back and we want to begin this journey to the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we've got obviously before we have our first game against the Chiefs, unfortunately, we've still got some more preseason games. Right. So what uh, what all are we kind of looking forward to with that week two game? And who would you like to or would you like to see more of the starters? Are we just kind of content with what they're doing? And do we trust our starters enough to kind of just see some other guys play and fight for those spots? Uh, I to be honest, I don't want to see any starters this entire preseason. We didn't have a preseason last year and that was good. Pretty much. We had a lot of guys besides mainly Grant Delpit. Yeah. That were, that were healthy going into week one. And I really believe that's the most important thing for Kevin Stefanski is he wants everybody to, I mean, you obviously want everybody to be healthy. You don't want any injuries Absolutely. in the preseason, but the last thing you want to do is risk is risk Baker Mayfield. He's seen Baker enough. And I think mm-hmm. it's a good sign that Baker wasn't playing week one because that means he's seen a lot of progression from Baker Mayfield in year two of his offense that he doesn't believe for week one of the preseason, he needs to see him out there. 
So ideally, I don't want to see OBJ, Jarvis, Baker, Chubb. I don't want to see any of these guys this entire preseason. Again, that's just me personally. A lot of fans, like fans want to, they're going to the game next weekend. They want to see some of the starters. But at the same time, fans might want to see starters, but one of those starters goes down and has to miss a couple weeks. Yeah, absolutely. They would be like, well, why'd Kevin Stefanski play the starters? So, yeah. I mean, it, it's a double-edged sword there. And again, I, I would love... I'd love to turn on the TV and see Baker Mayfield pl- play football again. At the same time, yeah. put put Not these guys August. in bubble wrap. <laughs> put these guys in bubble wrap until the season begins, and let's let these backups go in. Let's see what they have. The more experience these guys have too, that means they can jump into the fire if there happens to be an injury during the regular season. Because there, I mean, there always are. You want guys that are ready to step in that lineup, sure. and that's why, especially on the offensive line, keep playing these backups. I, I think that's really crucial for this team. Yeah, that Steven Carlson injury, that, that's what scares the hell out of me about playing starters. Like, I have no reason to see a starter on the offense until week one. Um, some defensive starters, throw them out there a little bit. There's a lot of new out there, and I believe they need to play together a little bit. And that may not be till week three. Um, next week, I want to see a couple players back, potentially Anthony Schwartz. Um, see if he's ready to go, maybe get him out there a little bit. But I'm just regular, ready for the regular season. Um get their preseason healthy and that's all we can wish for. Yeah, I'm in I'm in that same boat as you guys. I I don't really need to see the starters. I it's too much for me. The risk reward is not in a good spot for me to want to see those guys out there. Tyler, I would also love to see kind of Baker throwing some passes to OBJ and Landry, but I don't mm-hmm. I don't want to see that. Like I said, I don't want to see it in August. That that's too much of a you know a worry for me. Because obviously we missed OBJ most of last year, and I don't want to do it again. <laughs> I just exactly. I don't exactly. I don't want to see that yeah. again. You know, I, I think our wide receivers are in a good spot to so where it'd be fine, but I just don't want to do it. You know, I, I think it's not worth it. I think they trust the guys, like you mentioned, they didn't play Baker, which is a good sign. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't need to do that. So why would we? You know, maybe throw them out for unlucky Branson on defense, maybe just to see some guys out there, but if we didn't play, you know, our main offensive stars for the whole preseason, I really couldn't care less, to be honest. Like, I I, I would think they've had a good offseason probably, right? By all accounts, the offenses looked pretty good mm-hmm. for the most part all offseason, you know. So I think you trust that and you just roll with it, you know. And you obviously kind of put them to work in the or in, uh, practices and everything like that so they can obviously get those reps there, you know, but they're not any – necessarily real danger of getting whacked by somebody who wants to kind of hurt them for them you know not necessarily i almost say players necessarily go out and you know go out there and kind of do that entirely you know but i mean it's a little bit different obviously getting hit by a guy that's not on your team obviously right so mm-hmm. yeah. why throw baker out there why throw obj out there why throw landry out there and you know you mentioned having those backup offensive linemen that's that's big for me too because obviously we've got guys on offensive line that if we go down if they go down, then what, you know, offensive yeah. line starters are pretty good, you know? So I don't, that's, that's a tough spot. And obviously that's a spot where a lot of injuries happen just because of the nature of the position. So let those, let those backups go out there. Let them, let the guys that need to fight for roster spots, fight for roster spots that, you know, that preseason means more to guys that are sixth, seventh on the depth chart than it does Baker Mayfield anyway, or guys like Baker Mayfield. So just let them go, let them fight it out and save the stars for week one. Yeah, and 
to go along with that, too, of course, we want to see Baker, OBJ. We want to see those guys. But Baker and OBJ were about two or three hours before the game. They were out there throwing. They were out. He was yeah. out there running routes. I, I mean, that's what I want to see. I don't need to see these guys in game action mm-hmm. um, and possibly getting injured. There's no reason for it. I mean, Jacksonville, in their situation, we saw it on Saturday night. They were pretty much playing their starters because at that point, you have a rookie head coach, rookie quarterback. Yeah, exactly. You, you got to see these guys out there. Mm-hmm. But in the Browns case, it doesn't make sense to take that risk at this time. And I want to, and like kind of Brandon said, I want to see Anthony Schwartz get out there. I want to see what he can do. But another guy like that we just need to Billings, I think is the one starter that did play uh, Saturday night. And I believe Jake Burns said something about that, that I could see because they really haven't seen a lot of Andrew Billings because he sat out, he did sit out last year. So yeah. he was the one starter. And if you're not a hundred percent fully, um, all in on him because he, again he was the one starter that's another um, position battle to really watch too so again there's no reason to risk these guys at this point and I, I think fans overall would agree with that they want to see the stars but they they want these guys to go up to Kansas City go up to yeah. Arrowhead and knock the snot out of the Chiefs so <laughs> I think they'd rather have that than watching these guys play in preseason football games yeah yeah, absolutely. Everybody wants to see him, right? Like you mentioned, everybody wants to see him, but we we don't. We, there's, you know, people. I mean, obviously, you want to see it in person, right? But you go to preseason games knowing what you're going to get, or you watch them on TV knowing what you're going to get. So you want to see those big plays, but I don't. I said it like already, but I just don't want to see it yet. I don't. I don't want to see it against Jacksonville. I, I really couldn't care less about the Jaguars, right? You know, I just <laughs> my my thought right now is it's the Chiefs because that that week one game. It's going to be crazy. And obviously they're coming off, you know, they're great year. They're coming off the Super Bowl and mm-hmm. or sorry, not the Super Bowl. But they're coming off of, you know, being there and, you know, they're they're They are the closest thing to a dynasty that you probably have right now, you know, um, just because they somehow can keep it going. They've got their what $400 million guy back there is at five, whatever the hell it is. Like we're, you know, we're going up against Super Bowl contenders. And if the Browns want to be Super Bowl contenders, you have to be able to compete, you know, and mm-hmm. knocking them off week one would be, I, I don't know. I, I That would be a crazy feeling. That would probably be the best feeling for me as a Browns fan in, like, my life because the Browns have been terrible for my entire life aside from one one-off season in 07 when Derek Anderson made the Pro Bowl and we were 10-6, and six, you know. Can't forget Peyton was, Hillis, man. Peyton Hillis, yeah, our Madden cover guy. Oh, Peyton Hillis. <laughs> he, was, he was the Browns Madden curse. Oh, sadness. It's sadness, <laughs> right? It's a rough time. It's, it is sad, but yeah. So I, I just, I, I don't care for it right now. I'm, I'm looking forward to the chiefs, but, uh, and right now I just want to watch backups. And one guy that I also really kind of want to watch is Tommy Togiai. Cause obviously he, you know, came from Columbus, came from Ohio state and he's kind of inexperienced in some ways, but he's got the athleticism for defensive tackle that has some intriguing upside behind it. Right. He's got, He's got that going on. So you, I want to see more of him and more of guys like that. But specifically with Tommy, I guess for me, where, what do we see him fitting into this, you know, defense? Because what does he do as a rookie? Because defensive tackle for us is interesting. I don't know. It's just a weird spot. So I yeah. think uh, Tommy Togi, I will be depth year one at least. And I believe he has a higher ceiling. I talked mm-hmm. to him pre-draft for an interview and uh He's really happy where his run stopping game was at, and I believe that'll that'll help Cleveland. But he was working on his uh, 
pass rushing, and that's somewhere he could improve. And he was actually decent at Ohio State. He didn't get a ton of reps at Ohio State. I mean, that defensive line is always very good. But I believe Togiai could step in and, like I said, depth year one, but going forward, he could be a starter on this team if he improves. And that's a good move for Cleveland because he's obviously cheap, and it'll be something to watch for. Um, I think Togiai could be a guy who's strong as hell. I mean, 40-some reps – of 225 you just you just don't find that mm -hmm. and that's and I would completely agree with you Brandon that was the thing that I've heard a lot actually is that Tommy Todia is already one of the strongest guys on this team and I think he's a very young player too I believe he probably left Ohio State a little bit early because I believe there's just a lot more potential there but learning from these defensive linemen I mean learning from Miles Garrett Clowney Tack McKinley, Andrew Billings, Malik Jackson. I mean, there's a lot of talent on this defensive line. And I believe, like Brandon said, he's going to be depth this year. But we're going to see – I think we're going to see some flashes out of him, and he's a long-term piece here. I, I think he – where yeah. we got him, considering the D-tackle class this year was really down compared to years past, where we got him in the draft was actually, I think, a steal for us because he fills a position that we really could use some more younger bodies on. And so I'm, I'm really uh, intrigued with Tommy Togia. I think he's going to end up being a pretty solid player for the Browns. And that's a guy in preseason too, like you, like you mentioned uh, earlier, Logan, I'm really excited to see him play too, because I, I think he's mm -hmm. going to have um, some decent performances here in the preseason. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned something that was interesting to me because he, the, the class was so bad. Like it was, <laughs> it was such a bad, like I remember I was just talking to Brandon the other day about, but we were, kind of trying to remember like the mod drafts and everything. And he was all over the place was projection wise, right? Like I, mm -hmm. I mean, I saw him going pretty high, like mid second round at some point, I believe like some people were throwing him up there just because who else, like who else were you taking? Like it was just almost a historically bad defensive tackle class, which it is what it is. But I think he could also be another benefit of guys slipping just because some people were kind of a little bit off by him leaving i do think also i agree i think he left early ohio state like left early yeah. Ohio State pretty early i think he could have stayed and probably pushed that first round if he had kind of kept going the way he that he was going at ohio state um but i'm also glad he left because now the browns have him and they have that luxury of kind of letting him letting him sit a little bit behind someone like andrew billings who obviously is going to be fun to have back, you know, and kind of mm -hmm. ease him into it and treat him almost as if he's not in college because in college he'd be getting, he'd be playing a lot more and getting those reps, but giving him reps in practice, you know, giving him increasing his reps throughout the season, increasing his, um, his ability to contribute throughout the season and just letting that go. I think the end of the end of this year will be really interesting to see where he's at, you know, mm -hmm. and if he develops the way that he could, like I said, his athleticism is there. Like that's, that's not even a question, right? He's already, like you said, he's already one of the strongest guys on this team. So can he consistently do that in practice, especially against our offensive line, which is very good. That, that would be crazy. You know, that would, that would be awesome. So he's a guy that I'm really excited about. I do think he could be a steal if he develops it. And then we said that about a few guys, um, but it's just, it, it's true. You know, they, they kind of had a great draft for another year here. So He's one of those guys that will just be so fun to watch. And we could probably list off five or six guys like that yeah. this year that we do have the luxury of just kind of easing into it, 
because we're not the old same old Browns anymore, right? You don't have to start these guys that are third, fourth round picks and throw them to the fire and potentially ruin their career. Yeah, exactly. And um, might, might I add the Browns, are the, the Browns is the Browns. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but another thing too, to kind of bring it, bring up um, what we were talking about earlier as far as just wanting to see starters in the preseason we are having those joint practices with the Giants as well so as far as seeing the starters Stefanski's going to be able to see the starters against the Giants if he so chooses to go that route and when they have those joint practices together so then that's another reason why you don't need them out there in the preseason absolutely but when you mentioned Togiai you can't help think about his counterpartner there um, undrafted free agent defensive tackle Marvin Wilson, who I think it's going to be an intense battle for him to make this roster, but he was paid a good amount of money as an undrafted free mm-hmm. agent. He's another guy who I really want to see what he can do here in the preseason. Cause I believe the talents there for him. It sounds like he battled some injuries, his, um, his last year at Florida state. And that kind of took a toll on his play, not to mention the type of team he played for, but he has a big time motivation to make this roster. And when I was at training camp, he was one of the first guys out there getting in work before everyone else is out there. So really curious to see Marvin Wilson too with Tommy Togiai because I think if Wilson makes those this team too, Togiai and Marvin Wilson could be your D tackles for the, for the foreseeable future. So, um, yeah, those joint practices are an interesting thing. Um, I think it's even more interesting with COVID, how they go about it. But I think mm-hmm. it can kind of rep like the preseason game. You can get some of the starters in there and just – more like a more like a game environment than normal practice, and I think that's where you get some of the starters reps potentially, and not the preseason games. And you work towards week one with that. And uh, as we mentioned, Togi, I like as Logan said, the Browns are good now, and it's nice to ease him in there. And there's no expectations, and I think that's really something that's going to work in his benefit. Yeah, Tyler, you you mentioned Marvin uh, Marvin Wilson, which is such which is such an interesting spot because we did give him a decent amount of money for that, and he we talked about DPJ being a five star guy, but so was Marvin Wilson. Like he, mm-hmm. you know, he was a five star guy coming out of high school. He was a top, def- I think he was the top defensive tackle coming out of high school. You know, or at least in Texas, correct, at least yeah. state. You know, he was one of those top guys. Um, and he looked like he was ready to go kind of coming out of high school, <laughs> you know, and he had a great first year, had a great, uh, sorry, great sophomore year. His first year didn't really do much. I believe had a great sophomore year, great junior year, and then had that injury, right. Which kind mm-hmm. of cost him that 2020 draft. And so he came back, played a little bit, but didn't look the same, you know, had some big plays, had some blocked field goals here and there, I believe, um, but he only played six games because he got hurt again. So that was such an interesting thing. I think it could be a great, uh, I hate keep saying, I hate to keep saying he could be a steal, but I mean, he could be, you know, you mentioned he could be the future on that defensive tackle line or the defensive line. And I think he could be too. So again, he's another guy like Togia. It's got, got the athleticism. He's, he's shown that he could do it. And he was almost, you know, he was in that conversation if he didn't get hurt, obviously to be, potentially a first round pick in 2020, you know, cause he was doing some crazy stuff. And I, I remember watching some highlights when we picked him because people were talking about it. And I was like, Oh, like I remember hearing about him, like, what was he really doing in 2019? And it was insane. Like it was insanity what he was doing at Florida state back then. So I think that's a potential, again, that's a low risk, but high reward play that Andrew Barry could have potentially pulled off there. So 
it's just, you know, we've said it, but it's, it's fun to be able to kind of let these guys come in and adjust to playing in the NFL against guys that are much bigger than they were in, for his case, the ACC, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure, man. Yeah, I definitely get it. And when you give a guy that type of money as an undrafted free agent, it almost makes, again, no one ever has pretty much a locked in roster spot at that type yeah. of level. But I mean, he was one of the highest paid undrafted free agents really in NFL history, him mm-hmm. and Absolutely. last year's um, free undrafted free agent signing AJ Green, quarterback AJ Green. Andrew Barry's paid some decent amount of money for some undrafted free agents. And so I think Marvin Wilson is another one of those guys. You, you see the potential there, just like he saw with AJ Green, who has supposedly looked really good in camp. These are guys who they have the tools but it just can they put it yeah. all together and that's why you give them that type of contract because really it's not hurting you long term and and if it works out great mm-hmm. you hit gold and if not you just cut bait so just good business by Andrew Barry in the Browns front office yeah if Wilson doesn't work out you lose out on less than a million dollars but that's the kind of talent you take a risk on he uh, battled health at Florida State and I wouldn't say they're a top tier program either I believe anymore at least I believe the Browns could potentially get something out of him. There's a lot of defensive line and he has no set in spot on his team. There's, he's got the battle for it and potentially could be that third or fourth guy and uh, step in and make some plays here and there and hopefully build something towards the future. Yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly, that's, that's why I'm glad you brought him up Tyler. Cause I do think he's just, he's such an intriguing spot and there's so many things to really watch for the Browns these next, next few games, but I don't know. It's just exciting. I'm just excited. It's it's glad obviously to have football back. And, you know, even though it's just preseason, there's all we could throw that out there a million times to kind of pump the brakes on everything for the Browns and every fan base out there that thinks they, you know, nailed the draft or nailed free agency. Um, and obviously it's not even a bias thing. So I think a lot of people agree that the Browns did really good, mm-hmm. you know, so that's, that's just kind of where we're at and it's a good spot to be. Um, and Tyler Brandon and I talked about this last week, but I'm kind of curious what you think, you know, just from, just some kind of prediction wise, what you, what you think out of some of these guys from the Browns, like what, what do you really see um, this offense doing? Like, what do you see Baker really doing? Brandon and I talked a little bit about last week, kind of just bouncing back and forth his stats, you know, whether it was interceptions and everything like that, kind of what you really expect out of someone like Baker Mayfield or OBJ this year. Mm -hmm. So for Baker Mayfield, I think he's going to completely excel um, in year two of Kevin Stefanski's offense. And contrary to what, um, our favorite Browns fan, Colin Cowherd, thinks about Baker Mayfield. I, I think Baker, I think Baker Mayfield will approach 4,000, if not get 4,000 yards. I think we're looking at probably about 32 touchdowns and about nine interceptions. I think he's going to have a good year this year. I think OBJ, the big question with him is health. I, I think that Baker and OBJ find that chemistry this year. It'll just come down to how is OBJ's health? That has been the biggest question mark throughout his entire career. You never have to question the talent. It's questioning if he can stay healthy long enough. I think either way, Baker Mayfield will have a big season. So Mm -hmm. I really, and I think OBJ too, if he is healthy. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the thing with OBJ. Is he healthy? And Baker, we're not worried about, you know, health and Brandon and I last week weren't really, you know, we weren't, we weren't super worried about turnovers. Obviously you're always worried about turnovers, right? But I, I would be surprised by another single-digit interception season from him, to be honest. Um, I, I can see him taking some more risks this year. I can see him bouncing back up into 12, 13 interceptions, for example, um, especially if everybody stays healthy. Like, if OBJ stays healthy, I think he's going to take some shots, you know, take more shots. 
um, which I think him getting hurt probably helped Baker's turnovers because he wasn't trying to force it to him. I think we saw a little bit of that, you know, those first few games, right? Trying mm-hmm. to force it to him. And that that could be simply just a product of, okay, knowing in Baker's mind, I've got probably the best receiver I've ever played with. I need to find a way to get him the ball in an offseason where they didn't have much time. Again, that was such a weird, a weird freaking offseason last year, you know? So now you've got another year with Stefanski. Um, so Baker's not learning a new offense again. Thank God. You know, he's, <laughs> he's got that consistency finally. And, you know, I think he'll be more comfortable. And if everybody stays healthy, I think they'll take some more shots, take some more chances, which could lead to some more turnovers, which obviously, and, you know, you want him to be smart situationally, right? Like if it's a close game, you don't want them just taking deep shots for the hell of it, you know? So mm-hmm. yeah. you want to see that kind of stay under control, but I can see, something like that, jumping back up a little bit. And to be honest, it wouldn't bother me. You know, it, it wouldn't really bother me if he hit double-digit interceptions because we, at least Brandon and I, personally thought that was going to happen last year. You know, I, I don't know where you were at with it, but, you know, just due to the kind of nature, um, the kind of way that he plays the game, being that kind of gunslinger mentality, that was something, obviously, we didn't want to see 20 interceptions again. But, you oh, know, exactly. you know, but that, that's, that's just something I could see for him. And I agree, if OBJ stays healthy, he's probably looking at 1100 yards for me at least. Cause I don't, I don't think he's going to have 1400 yards receiving. I don't, I mean, mm-hmm. but by the way we play the game, you know, we don't force it to him. We kind of break or spreads the ball around a lot. So I think just throwing some random numbers out, I could see him at like 1100 jars, like 800, you know, something like that kind of where everybody would kind of fall in my eyes, at least. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I completely agree with you, man. I don't see any scenario where, OBJ gets the 1,400 yards. I think 1,100 yeah. is pretty reasonable. And, again, that's him staying healthy. He misses a couple of games. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that would affect that. But I think 1,100 is realistic. I think the ceiling is 10 touchdowns. Uh, more, sure. I, I think more around six to eight. There's just so many weapons yep. in this offense to give the ball to. Yeah, I wanted to get into one more thing about Baker Mayfield. The NFL just released their NFL top 100, and they have Baker at 71. So that's interesting. He's a – Head of names like Michael Thomas, Larry Tunsil, uh, Adam Thielen. That's interesting. What do you guys think about that? I'm I'm a little surprised he is that high over some of the names you mentioned. But these rankings are pretty – I'll just be honest with you. These <laughs> rankings are pretty terrible. I think Greedy Williams put out something that said Tredavious White is, a ni- is like 95th. Like, I mean, sure. like, how is that even – I don't know how that one's possible. Those mm. rankings, I never read too much into them. I, I think it's just – it's something for people to talk about like we're doing right now. But Jarvis Landry was 94, and people were saying that's too low. I mean, his numbers last year weren't that great, and you're expecting him – you're paying him like a number one receiver. So, in my opinion, I think 94 is about right or maybe even a little generous for him. But for Baker, it's a little bit of a surprise for me. But I think it also shows the potential he has because I think he's, he I think he can become a top ten quarterback in this in this league. I firmly believe it. Not just because I'm a Browns fan, just because when you do watch him play, he has the tools you're looking for in a franchise quarterback. Yeah, I believe uh, Baker could for sure be a top ten quarterback, and these rankings might be translating that. Like looking forward, um, these rankings are always a thing of lack of content right now. Preseason's just starting. It's interesting to see where they compare Browns players and such. And I believe Baker's a little high, but maybe he could play up to that. Yeah, I agree. These rankings are kind of uh, – I, I love that you brought them up, Grant, because it is obviously one more thing to talk about. Um, but they are kind of just 
out of boredom from the NFL network. And I, I don't remember what player mentioned it, but I remember this came out like they, they released this like a year or two ago, maybe a little bit longer than that. And I wish I could remember what player it was, but I know they played for the Patriots and they came out and said that allegedly the NFL network surveys players, but he was like, I've never gotten one. He's like, I don't know anyone that I've ever played with has gotten asked about this. So it's kind of like, who really does these, you know, like, I, I don't mm. know. I know the NFL network says that it's players that are ranking them, but is it? And obviously that's kind of an unrelated, like on like this is random thought, but I've just I've always wondered how they really do this, you know. And I agree that 71 might be a little high. Jarvis and me is probably not probably a little high. He probably shouldn't be on there because like you mentioned, his stats were a little his stats weren't great, you know. Um, and he was our quote unquote number one receiver last year. So, you know, could they have been better? Maybe, but uh, I mean also some things to consider we weren't really passing a lot for a few games due to weather and other kind of stuff coming up right um but it's just baker being 71 i I think i agree with brand that it's probably looking a little bit more towards the future and what his ceiling can be and i do see him as a top 10 quarterback easily you know i I, would i call him top 10 now i I don't know i mean i guess if i had to think off the top of my head to name nine better quarterbacks i probably could do if i sat down and really thought about it um, and obviously there's bias of being a Browns fan right now. I'll be like, yeah, he's top 10, but is he really not yet? Probably. Um, mm-hmm. but I do think he's got those tools. Like you mentioned, he's, he's shown that he has that desire to be as good as he can be. And, you know, however he needs to motivate himself, he can do it. And I don't even really hold 2019 against him because that was such a disastrous year on so many reasons. Right. Um, so not to give him a complete pass for that, because obviously it's he still played it, still had the turnover, still had X, Y, and Z. But you know, there's there should there should be a tell on the Browns 2019 season at some point. I you know it would just be something I'd be so interested in. Like I I would love to see just like I, I don't know if it's a 30 for 30, but like on that 20 from like the the first year of Hugh Jackson through the Freddie Kitchens year, I would love to just see some type of like intel on what in the hell happened because it was such a bad time for the Browns. Right. Um, and that's getting off topic, but just, just the fact that Baker fought through that fought through all those coaches and still had the year he did last year, I think speaks volumes to what his future still holds and the Browns are going to pay him for that at some point. So that's, that's exciting to me to have a guy that, you know, is here we're gonna have to pay him and i don't even care what we have to pay him to be honest so it is what it is yeah um baker's gonna get paid eventually and that's an interesting topic we kind of talked about last week whatever it takes to get done you get it done um what he fought through was speaks volumes like logan said um that's just the kind of guy he's always been uh walking out one, one point um maybe not getting paid till next year, kind of betting on himself. That's just a chip on the shoulder he's always had. And he eventually ever gives a, gets a Super Bowl in Cleveland, uh, a chip on the shoulder will kind of pay off. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's amazing. I mean, if he, if he, yeah, if he ever got anything like that for us, it, I, I don't know, build the statue, build the statue straight up. Cause I, yes, sir. 
I would be all on board that I would, I mean, I'm already all in, but that's just, I'll go help build it myself. I don't even care. I'll go work for free. <laughs> I'll, I'll take my own tools, you know? So that's, that is, that's a whole other thing to get into, but yeah, they'll, they'll pay him and they're going to do it. And I'm going to support whatever the hell contract he gets. But other than that, you know, I think that's, that's, that's kind of, you know, Tyler, I don't know if you, had any other kind of thoughts on after that first season, the preseason game, anything going into the second game or season, anything like that you wanted to kind of bring up? We'd love to hear it. Honestly, man, I'm just looking forward to seeing more of these backups in action. I want to see what Kyle Laletta can do um, yeah. still, because I, I was very impressed with him with the first preseason game. Also really want to see more of Demetric Felton, hopefully a little more DPJ. I don't know how much more we're really going to get yeah. to see of DPJ, honestly, if he keeps performing the way he does on defense. More J- Give me more JOK. Show me some more Greedy Williams. I was encouraged to see him on the field this weekend. Greg Newsom played very well. Our rookie class looked very good on Saturday. I want to continue to see how these guys perform. I want to see all, all these guys who are on the roster bubble. I want to see how they perform as well and keep sitting the starters. That's all I want to see. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's where Brian and I both are. We just want to see the rest of them. You know, it's just like we said before, it's great to have it back. We want to see these guys keep playing and it's just, it's an exciting time to be a Browns fan. We could say that 50 times over and it would still be true that 50th time, you know? So, you know, bring them on, bring on the chiefs. I don't even care. I'm ready to go. I'm ready. <laughs> As Brian and I said all the time, we're ready to run to that brick wall. Like, let's go. Like, so it's, it's great. It's a fun time. And uh, Tyler, we, it was a great time having you today. We, we really appreciate you coming on here. And uh, we'll definitely have to do it again soon as we get into the season, as things start unraveling a little bit more. Yeah, I, I def- again, I appreciate you guys having me on. And, and anytime, I'm always down to talk Browns. So really appreciate <laughs> the opportunity to be on the show. And um, de- definitely glad yeah. that uh, you guys um, really got this podcast going again. It's a really great show. Yeah, I reached out to Tyler. I went to, um, I went on his show a while ago, so it was only right I rung him on. Uh, glad you came on. Uh, good football talk, and we'll definitely have to do it again. Yeah, yeah, man, for sure, for sure. Obviously, um, let me know when it all airs because I'll get it out there. Um, no doubt about that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks, Tyler, for coming on. Thanks, everyone, for listening here for another week. And then, uh, you know, you know where to find us. Tyler, we'll get your link straight out there as well for everybody. And then uh, we'll see everyone next week. Thank you guys so much. Yep. Thank you guys.